Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Short Corner Podcast. Um, as you can tell by that um, little musical introduction, of course, we did it. AC Man did it. A 2-0 um, win away against Atalanta. Um, we didn't want it to go down to that game, but it did, and we only went and bloody did it. Um, two penalties, typical Milan style this um, this season, but we take it. We're scummy and we'll take it. Um, this isn't going to be like a full-on, because obviously the game happened a few weeks ago now, so it's not going to be a full-on uh, review, but we're just going to be talking about like, what Champions League means for Milan, um, what it means transfers-wise, what it means for like the culture of the club and the, the attractiveness of the club. And then we're going to be talking about some yeah transfers and contracts and obviously the whole unfortunate unfortunate Donnarumma situation. Uh, Joe and Rid couldn't join us today, but I am joined by Naeem and Sameh. Do you want to say hello? Yeah, guys. Hello. Um, so, yeah, we'll get straight into it. Um I said we weren't going to go into too much detail with the Atalanta game, but Naeem, do you want to just start off and just say where you were, where you're watching it, your feelings <laughs> when it happened, and yeah, yeah. Um, um unfortunately, uh, guests came over. I mean, I still watched the game, but you know, while they were sitting there beside me, um, I was I, I was so invested in the game. So um, when Cassie scored that first penalty, like. My mom was talking to her cousins and they're just all like, you know, enjoying lunch and whatnot. And out of nowhere, I'm just screaming and everyone's just looking at me like out of nowhere, out of context. And then, you know, when Cassie scored, it's just like my, my lungs were my lungs were gone. That first penalty for sure. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I had to explain the breakdown of that whole uh, top four thing to them. And then they're like, oh, Milan hasn't played Champions League in seven years. That's, that's a long time. But uh, yeah, no, it was, it was a good day. Definitely. Um watching watching uh our Milan get back to Champions League after such a long time back but uh hey we're back and that's how it is all right Samir what where were you uh I was like with a couple of friends they came over and like we all of us thought okay it's Atalanta I don't think you know we're not gonna go through as soon as Cassis got the penalty I was like oh 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 shit I jumped for a second I'm like nah after we come you know what if it's Atalanta until it's done, it's not done. So I was waiting, waiting. Like, and when Muriel came on, remember, like, he had a shot, like, around 78 minutes. I thought, oh, my God, it's going to go in. But luckily, it was, like, like missed for a few inch. Cassie was amazing throughout the whole game, that game. He was just, he was, he was just a beast. Like, from the start to the finish, he carried us the entire game. Mm-hmm. And this was a Milan way, you know, going to Champions League on the last day. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just so awesome. Matt, uh, how old were you when uh when Milan uh, last played Champions League? Right, it was seven years ago. Twenty fourteen was it? February twenty fourteen. Yeah, I would have been um ten, ten, just about to turn eleven in the summer. So, yeah, I'm as a Milan fan, I've never actually watched Milan in the Champions League. I started supporting like October twenty sixteen. So. Yeah, five, almost five years, and I've seen Europa League football or no European football. And like the highlight of my support in Milan in terms of European football was um, Simon Kiar's equaliser against Man United. That's the biggest moment I've ever seen as a Milan fan. So I'm hoping that obviously with Champions League, it's gonna the Milan Champions League DNA is gonna bring up some like more good moments, and we're not gonna my 
my favourite Milan moment in Europe isn't going to be Catrone's winner against Rijeka in the um, <laughs> in the Europa League stage and stuff like that. But yeah, in terms of the game, I was I don't have like the um, the channel for Milan football because we have Sky Sports and we have BT Sport, but it's on Premier Sports in England, and that's just like to have a third subscription is just too much money. So I use VIP League, and I normally watch it on my laptop. But I said to my dad, like, oh, can I put it on the Apple TV? Uh, can I project it onto the Apple TV? So, uh, yeah, I did that. And again, I think I was just as nervous as all you, all you like. And the thing is, with the with the Cagliari nil nil, like a week before, my hope was not. I think I think in the prediction video, I kind of said that we'd uh, sneak it because of results going our way in other places. Um, but yeah, the game was not how I envisaged it. It was well, it was it was in the sense that, um, that it was tense, but like the fact that we like kind of outplayed them and got the win was ridiculous. So at nil nil, and we got the penalty. I was like, I was being really pessimistic all game, like not getting my hopes up. I was so when we got the penalty, I was like, oh, VAR will get rid of it. And then we then Kess steps up to take the penalty. I'm like, Kessie will miss it. And then same with the second one, um, we'll miss it. And I was being quite negative, but yeah, luckily it all all worked out. And yeah, we've got a season of well, hopefully a whole season if we get to the final and win it. But we've got at least six games of Champions League football next year, which is mental and it's about yeah back where we belong and it'll be lots of fun i don't know blame you for being pessimistic there with with the five nil atalanta hammering hey it's it's all it's atalanta they're like they're like a reapers so to say they you know it just it was just written in the stars that gasparini will keep us out of the champions league it was just we all had that dreadful feeling that that would happen but that didn't happen but uh you know, Kessie was, like some of you were saying, he was incredible. Another dude who is another player who's written really good for us and fantastic, and you guys probably know who I'm talking about, our Vikings, uh, Simon Kair, just fantastic overall game, fantastic overall season for him. He's just rock solid at the back. He, he's also helped Tomori in good ways. Hit that, that partnership is so solid. He was good against Atalanta, stopped a bunch of attacks, kept a clean sheet on top of that. Um, I know it's a touchy, t- touchy subject, but Gigio actually had one uh, key save in that game. You guys probably don't want to talk about it, but that, that save, uh, that might have gone in the Champions League. Hey, we'll never know. But uh, he, he was good too that game. Professor Joe, he predicted 2-0. I yeah, was, I was like, it's going to be a... You know. we, all of us, like we said, a 3-1, right, for Atalanta, except Joe. The mad lad, he, he somehow saw it coming. Those guys is also worrying. Like our away form is so much better. Like it's insane. Like it's just crazy. Like oh, as soon as we draw against Kaklia, I was like, you know what? That's it. Like no way Atalanta. But then looks like away form is just something else. Like, I, think I don't we understand. Record, uh, for away away form, fifteen is it? Yeah, uh, I think it's. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, not dropped many points at all all season away. At home, it's been different because I think at home, I think away, what we kind of benefit from is, say, the teams like, um, I don't know, Cagliari or um, Hellas Rona, what they think is we're at home, we'll give it a bit more of a go. And that's when we do well. But when teams just go, okay, we're going to play like 5 4 1, and that's like try and beat us, I think that's where we're, I think that's where we may be. Um, 
yeah, struggle because when we have to break a team down, it's tough. But when teams come at us and we've got a bit of room in behind and can get around the sides and stuff like that, I think that's when we do better. And then the Atalanta game, again, I think that I think being Atalanta 2-0 with two panos is almost as mental as like the 5-0 one because um, obviously it's a completely yeah. different result. But in terms of shock, the 5-0, no one was expecting to lose that much. But I think we were maybe expecting to lose. But this one, I think no one was expecting us to win, really, apart from Joe the visionary. But, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, mental result. And you mentioned G. Joe. Do you want to get stuck into that topic? Well, actually, uh, two more points I want to bring up. And you guys can probably uh, you know build on this. Uh, Calabria, fantastic, fantastic performance uh, against Atalanta. I think he had a hernia injury. He played through the pain. Really good performance. I think solid 8 out of 10, 9 out of 10 from Calabria. And um, do you guys want to talk a bit about Martin De Roon and what he did? Um, yeah. He pushed the referee. I thought that was disgusting behavior from him. Yeah. So what he, do you think? He's just uh, he's a weird person, isn't he? Because you remember like his tweet he did where he was like um, making fun of... And run. Yeah, Ibra. Yeah. He was like, yeah, he was like making his own... He was making fun of his own, own goal or something, like a couple... Um, couple months ago and he yeah it feels like he's almost like trying to act up and try and be not the star but he's always seems to be in the headlines doesn't he and it's just weird yeah. because it, as someone who lives in England all I know him as is a Middlesbrough flop which is quite funny but he has, <laughs> he has turned into a good footballer at Atalanta but yeah when you pushing players pushing officials yeah it's all over the shop and I think that was when you know we kind of it, it kind of sealed it in our head that they've lost their heads and we're going to seal it. And yeah, we did. And yeah. hopefully he's learned his lesson. He's calmed down and yeah, chilled out a bit. <laughs> Some of your thoughts on Calabria Capitano? Oh, he was amazing. I think this is like best season since the season with Gattuso. Yeah. Like yeah. easily, he improved like almost all of his aspect of his game. Like, this is his best season yet. And he also played with Hernia, right? So, like, he played the whole game with Hernia. So, that's just next level. And we're going to choose a captain next season. I want it to be either Calabria or Tahir, you know? I would like Ibra, you know, he brings lots of, you know, mental. But then he doesn't play enough games, sadly, to be a captain. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I would you not, know, for next season, like, easily I want Calabria to be the captain. Or Tahir, either one of them. Matt, uh, what do you think between uh, Calabria, Kair, and Kessi for the armband? I think that there's two types of captains. I remember I read Ancelotti's book and he uh, speaks about there's two types of captains and he mentions Baresi and Maldini, how Maldini was your, like, Andy Armo captain. He'd shout a lot and he'd be in everyone's faces and he'd be, yeah, before the game, he'd be hyping everyone up. And then there'll be someone like Baresi who leads by example and sort of, his play and his mannerisms kind of do the talking. And I think that someone like Kessie, he's that Baresi one where he just gets on with it. He strolls through midfield, his attitude on the pitch and off the pitch is just exemplary and he's never puts a foot wrong. So I think that I put, I prefer a captain who's like, like the Maldini one. And I think Calabria has got that capacity to do that. I think, when you're on a pitch, you want you don't just want like the the one with the armband isn't the only captain in my head. There's got to be lots of leaders, and I think that someone like Kier and Kessie and Ibra 
and um yeah those sort of players they do the talking like by playing and they just kind of get on with it and they don't have to shout and they don't have to you know sort of get people g'd up they can just play and then people will see them as a leader but i think with a captain you need someone who people think okay he is a proper loud mouthy in your face motivational captain i think that a, a local lad someone from uh, lombardy like um like Calabria, I think him as a captain, although young, could be, yeah, I think he'd be perfect. And yeah, with it's going to be a bit of a weird summer, isn't it, with Donnarumma and um, possibly Romagnoli moving on. And it's going to be a bit of a shift for the hierarchy of captains and stuff like that. But yeah, I'm confident that Pioli, Maldini and everyone at the club will make the right decision. And I hope it's, yeah, Calabria. Yeah, we can uh, talk about the John Rimmel subject right now. Unless uh, Samir, were you going to add something? I, I was going to say, I wouldn't mind Kessi as a captain, but my thing is he already has so much pressure. He's a penalty taker, you know. He's literally controlling the midfield, you know. Yeah. So I wouldn't want another pressure to be on him, like, you know. So I'd rather have a Calabria or Kayu. Then Kessi, you know, already takes penalties and everything. So, you know, I'd prefer someone else. But I wouldn't mind Cassie. Also, I feel like Cassie is not really vocal enough. Yeah, he does, he's in vocal. Like, in the field, I, I get as Matt said, you know, like locker room leadership and all that. But then I prefer, like, someone in field vocal, you know, like Ibra, like, in you know, a shouting, Kai shouting, Calabria, you know, someone yeah. like that. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so the Donnarumma situation, Um. I think what Maldini did, that was a power play move. Uh, he's, Raiola was pressuring him, hey, give us this much, that much. And Maldini just says, okay, well, I'm just going to get out and get a new keeper if you're going to keep stalling. It's a big power play move. He he put the ball in Raiola's court. And I think GGO is a, a lost dog now because every top team has a keeper. Yeah, PSG have Navas, Juve uh, have Chesney. Unless these guys move on, Gigio won't be starting at those clubs. It's, it's sorry to say he's 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 so good, but he, it's just he's in a between a rock and a hard place, so to say. Um, I know Matt, Matt uh, you started supporting Milan because of Gigio. What what are your uh, thoughts on that? Yeah, it's, I was always with him, so I'd watch the Sempre Milan podcast and um, uh, Jan. He'd always go along the opinion of. If he wants to renew, he will. Doesn't matter what Raiola says. It doesn't matter what anyone says. He will. He'll do it himself. He'll be the man, and he'll take things into his own hands. And he said, and if he doesn't, then he never wanted to stay. And I was kind of always skeptical for that. Maybe trying to convince myself that he's like he isn't a snake sort of thing. And I was like, I was trying to say to um, Jan that like, no, there is a degree of Raiola does have some sort of control. But when you look at it this isn't 17-year-old Donnarumma in 2017 or 18-year-old Donnarumma. This is Donnarumma who's like 22, 23 now. He is someone who is who needs to be making his own decisions and needs to stop being like being a puppet for a money-hungry pig like Raiola. But um, yeah, it's just a shame that because the months were the months were passing by weren't there like another week another week he's still not renewed still not renewed and you're like oh something will be sorted out and then you hear the stuff that he's saying about how he just does whatever Raiola tells him and it's mm-hmm. like it's a shame that someone like him someone who like loves Milan and is a Milan lad he just prefers to 
go with his agent. And it's just a shame because, as you say, I started supporting Milan because of Donnarumma. Obviously, I don't support um, Milan solely because of Donnarumma now, but that's what got me into Milan. And, yeah, as I say, it's a shame that he's white out like that. But as you say, if it, like, do you know, in 2017, the rumours when Donnarumma left was, was that, oh, it's going to be Mattia Perrin to replace him. Or a year or two ago, it was Mere, or it was um, Musso, or it was, you know, someone like that, or Aldero or something from Sampdoria. But now, it, like you said, Maldini, he's obviously had this... Think about how quickly the Mike Mignon deal happened. What was it, like three, four days? It shows yeah. he had him lined up for a while. And if, as as I said, if we had... If Donovan was leaving and we had, like, yeah, Russo or... Um, someone like that, or a pairing coming in, I'd be like bricking it, like bloody hell, this is crap. This is awful. Like we've had a massive downgrade, but we've got the best goalkeeper in the French division, like like four more clean sheets than anyone else in the league. He's just won Ligue 1, so we've got a winning mentality as well. So I, I, I'm I'm obviously annoyed at Donnarumma, and it shows that the only thing he cares about is money and not a legacy or any sort of decent reputation. And I'm annoyed by it, but I'm disappointed by it, but I'm not devastated because, of course, the person who's coming to replace him is very good. Yeah, I think Manana had the most clean sheets uh, in the world, actually, in Europe's top five divisions. So it's a proper, proper replacement on that. Uh, Samir, what do you think about the GGO situation? You might have a choice few words for him. (laughs) Man, like, I was really pissed. Also, I was like, thank God this guy left, you know. We can't deal with this this situation every year, you know that? Like, you know, like, my love for him already kind of died out since mm-hmm. 2017-18 debacle, you know, with the old management. And I'm like, bro, we made UCL. Like, that was the that was the plan that Alpha saw in his podcast. <laughs> like, if you make UCL, he's going to sign. Like, there is no way he won't sign for us. Yeah, that's the plan. And then he wants, like, what, 10 million, 8 million with, like, Two million bonuses, twenty million for Iola. Yeah. bro, like this was your childhood club, right? Like you, we gave you the chance, like no one else would. We made you our keeper at the age of 15, 16. Like at least have some decency to you know be with us one more year. Fine, if you want to leave, you know, okay, fine. You want to win some trophies, fine. At least you know, sign for short term, like two years. So if you leave, we can get some money, right? Like he ha- he showed no decency. Like, I'm kind of happy that he left. Like, you know, like, you know, if you can't show us respect, we don't need to, you know. And at this, I think it's hard for him to get a club, you know, like Juve can't sign him unless they, you know, replace like, or sell Chesney. Same with PSG. They have to sell Keller Navas. Same with Barca. I don't think Ter Stegen is going to be benched by a 22-year-old. Like, no way. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's not as easy as it seems. Like, like in this corona situation, I don't think anyone's willing to pay eight million per year for a goalkeeper. Like, no way, no big clubs. I, but, I think it's a lost cause. Yeah, the, the situation it's a it's a big contrast to what uh, Gennaro Gattuso did. He didn't take the wages from the club um, near the end of his contract or something like that. Kaka came, he donated his wages, I think, back to the club or cherry something like that. Yeah, They're yeah, doing yeah. love for me. Like, even Mario Mandzukic, I have respect for him because he didn't take the wages from the club because he didn't play. Uh, you have Donnarumma here. Just, he's doing the complete opposite of what, what Gattuso and Kaká did. 
and he showed he said he loved Milan but it's just crocodile tears that he was showing that he cried for us and, and this and that but at the end of the day what he did was, was so disrespectful to to Milan and we gave him the world we we Bialovic made him starting goalkeeper at 16 he was he's revolutionary and we for a club that gives Gigio everything that he's had in his career for him to do what he did it's just it just, it just doesn't sit right with me and I'm sure a lot of other Milan fans. Yeah. Yeah, like, uh, even if you look at Zidane, he had problem with Paris, right? He left because disagreement. Even he didn't take, while, while leaving Madrid, the money, you know, salvage payment or something. Mm-hmm. And Gigio here, he keeps on saying, I do what Ryla tells me to do. Like, bro, who the fuck is he? It's your, like, it's your decision. Like, it's not, you know, I see a lot of, like, Milan fans on Twitter, like, no, it's Ryle or not Gigio. It, it's not it's Ryle. It's Gigio 100%. Ron Goli signed with us in 2018. Was there any problem with him? No. No. Like, when I went to left Ryle, like, there is no problem with Ryle. It's Gigio. If Gigio says Ryle, 7 million with them and I will stay with them. He, he, he never tried. It's Both like, of them tried their bluff and they failed and Maldini got like one of the best keeper, goalkeeper of this season, you know. I'm not sure if Minion can do the same thing he did last, like this year, but but the, I think this was the best option with 13 million. He looks promising. You know, he's 25. He's mature, and and also like I've seen from Stamper Milan, uh, letting of Donnarumma, we are saving 100, 140 million. Hmm, quite a bit. Yeah. So you know. No, even like uh, Raul is lot on legend too, but I don't know if exactly. You guys- Zlatan does his, handles his own negotiations. Yeah. He's he's read about that's that. That's what he does. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think he like Matt Gorn. You sure? Okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. Uh, yeah, I read it on some from Milan website. They're like, Gigio, um, Gigio, like he got asked in he by Maldini like straight after the game. He was like, oh, Champions League football, you staying now then, aren't you? And he's like, well, we'll see. See what Raiola says. It's like surely, like he's gonna look back. In like when he's like 50 years old, and he's gonna look back and he's surely gonna think, like, why the hell did I just like let this guy, Raiola, who's like Raiola will be like dead because he'll have a heart attack because how fat he is, but um <laughs> he'll, he'll be and he'll be at Raiola's funeral and he'll just be sat there at the bar thinking, like, <laughs> what did this guy actually do for me? He didn't do anything for me, he ruined my legacy at a club. I'm just remembered as just another goalkeeper now. I'm remembered as the guy who, I don't know, went to Juve and got replaced by whoever in five years' time. And it's just, yeah, he's, he's, yeah, he's basically what he's done is, because the, the rumours are that he wants 10 mil or Raiola wants 10 mil. Again, who wants it? Does he want it or what? Um, and Milan are offering eight, eight million for a goalkeeper. I think, I don't, I can't think of a team. I nothing speaks to mind that there'll be a team in the world where their goalkeeper's paid the most. And, He's gone. No, I'm not signing unless I get my ten mil. So what he's done is he's 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 got here on one hand he's got um he's got a legacy, trophies in a few years time, Champions League football with your boyhood club, or you've got your ten mil. And what he's done is he's gone. I'll leave all that stuff. I'll leave the I'll leave the legacy and the trophies and the and the Maldini esque, Baresi esque, Costa Corta esque. I'm gonna leave all that sort of career behind. And instead, I'm going to go for another two million, and that's the model of the story. It's not like he's going to buy him. It's not like he, nor is retiring this year, and he's going to buy him. 
who are light years ahead of Milan in terms of like their journey or going to Man City because Edison's leaving or going to Liverpool because Alisson's leaving. He's going to be going to a team who is going to be a sideward step. If, if Milan didn't got Europa League football and Man City came in for Donnarumma, you'd have to go, okay, fair play. It's a massive step up in your career, long-term and short-term. But now he's just going to go to a club who aren't any further ahead than Milan who aren't going to treat him half as good as Milan have treated him for the past, like, five or six years. Yeah. And he's just going to be remembered as another goalkeeper. And why? Why Why has he got to this point? Because he wants another two million. And, yeah, it's disgusting. And I think it just shows his true colours now. So, it's yeah, it's a shame. Sad, sad ending for him. Yeah. Like, very sad ending. Also, I don't think Man City is going to pay, like, 10 million for a goalkeeper. Even if Ederson was leaving. Like, no way. I don't see anyone. By nowhere, like I think few years back they signed like another German goalkeeper as a backup. So I don't think you know. Just I think just a bad bluff from Raiola and Maldini just you know like destroyed Raiola's bluff. <laughs> Perfect. I just yeah, I don't really care about him anymore. Like you know, like he's yeah, he was our best goalkeeper. He's I think the best goalkeeper in Serie A this season. Like foreign clean sheets. So he just. We have to move on. It just we can't do this every every year. Like no way. Um. Yeah, I think Raul is a pain in our ass, and it's a, it's a fat pain that we can't avoid because he's also the client of Alessio Romagnoli, and uh, I think my opinion is that we should keep Romagnoli to rotate with Simon Kier and Ficao Tomori because we're having we're getting Champions League football, uh, Coppa Italia as well as Serie A. So. You know, one is Simon Kier, he's not the youngest. He's, he's quality, but he's not young and he's, he might get injured. And who's going to fill in? Gabia. Gabia playing Champions League against what? Man City, Barcelona, now. We need, we need Romino to say. That's, that's my opinion. But Raul is just uh, making that scenario just harder than it should be. Yeah, Romino is a difficult situation because, as you say, it's. You need players who are good backups. You need people so that if Tomori or Kier got injured, it'd be a shame, but you can go, okay, it's fine, we've got Romagnoli. But then at the same time, good players want to play. And it's and Romagnoli is a decent player. I think we've spoken before about how with Gattuso, he was a whole lot better because we played a lot deeper and he wasn't like susceptible to the ball in behind, but he's still a good quality um, yeah, Italian league defender. But... Again, if he's going to cause more Raiola problems, if he's going to ask for... I bet Romagnoli's going to ask for more money than Tamori and Kier. And it's like you can't have that imbalance of players who are on the bench, unhappy, not playing, and then they're on more money than the stars of the team. And, yeah, I, I saw links today with, like, Bubakar Kamara from Marseille, and he's... Yeah, he's younger than Romagnoli. He's good. He's for for a player of his age. He's very experienced. And if he'd be someone, I think, who'd be more willing, definitely to be paid less, and he would be more willing to sit on the bench and learn from Kier and learn from Tamori. And I think that he, if you can get like I don't even know, like twenty mil for Romagnoli, get his because apparently he's unhappy. But I sort of saying he feels betrayed by the club. And it's like, what, what do you mean betrayed? You played worse than two of the centre-backs so you're on the bench mate so yeah I'd say that you need high quality backups or else we'll like get out in the Champions League in the group stage and we won't do well as you say in the domestic competitions but at the same time you don't want to put in jeopardy the harmony and 
financial st- stability of the club. So, yeah, I'd say if you can get a decent amount for Romagnoli and reinvest that in young, hungry young youngsters who are willing to learn and have a bit more money and sit on bench for a couple of years, then, yeah, it's worth it. For me, I hope we, if he doesn't make a problem, you know, with, with the salary or wages, I hope we keep him. He's been with us since 2014, right? Or 2015. So I would really like him to be a Champions League with us. If he accepts the bench role, you know, I'd rather have him and I'd rather waste money on attackers than, you know, like sell him, get another defender. I'd rather go all in on, you know, like a Depol or someone in attacking rather than in reinforcing our defender again, defending position. Um, should we move on to transfers, lads? Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah okay. Um, I'm going to list the, the players that we've been linked to uh, the past few days, and you guys can give your thoughts on that. Um, Olivier Giroud, uh, Rodrigo De Paul, Junior Firpo, uh, recently that one, uh, Dominic Berardi, um, uh, Matt Seda, Kamara, uh, Belotti, surprisingly, um, Samaka's names in the mix, uh, Dusan Vlahovic last month, Anyone uh, leave out? Uh, Elisa Chan, Papa Thomas, or Chan. Those two as well. Yeah, so get some, get some thoughts on those. Um, yeah, a lot of good names, to be fair. I say with... So is Manzukic, is he out of contract now? Is he... Yeah, he's, he's, oh, yeah. he's gone. He's yeah, gone. He's okay, so I'd say with Giroud, I think that unless he wants silly wages... I think that's a good signing. I think he's an upgrade on Mandzukic and he's built in the same mould, obviously not as good, but he's built in the same mould as Ibrahimovic. And I think if given the opportunity, if, say, Giroud was a free agent in January, I think I think Maldini would have signed him instead of Mandzukic. I think that Mandzukic is like just not as good as Giroud. I think Giroud is just like a better version of Mandzukic. So if he came in, I think he'd understand that Ibra is the man and like that first Champions League game at the San Siro under the lights hopefully with some fans in there there's no way that Giroud's starting and lining up ahead of Zlatan and I think he'd be a good player to understand that Um, I'm glad to see that the right wing position is being looked at Um, I think Berardi similar to DePaul I think and Balotti I think I'm noticing a pattern here the owners of these clubs who were asking for silly money like Cairo at Torino was asking for like 100 mil. DePaul, they were asking for like 50 mil a couple um, years ago. Um, Berardi, they were asking for like 60 mil. I think now what they realise is, okay, these players, like now's the time for them to move on and they need to be sold so we can get some money in quick. So I think any of those three for like low down prices, like again, like people like Cairo asking for 100 mil for Bellotti, if we can get him for like cheaper, then... That'd be good. Same with Berardi, same with DePaul. I think DePaul, um, what's the situation with Hakan and his contract? Is that the latest is uh, Hakan is apparently he's, uh, he's going to renew? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Maybe, so maybe not that much of a need for DePaul. I think if I had to choose one of those three like domestic Italian talents to, to take, I'd say Berardi because I think that up front we've got Ibra and then say Giroud. And then right, um, and then at Cam we've got uh, Chalanolu and maybe Brahim coming back for um, another year, and we've got like decent depth there. But the right wing, we've said for ages, haven't we? Like right wing, because Suso was inconsistent, 
Uh, Salah Marquez is like a system player, and there's some games where he's not on, like not on the ball. And then yeah. Sam, Sam and we won't even get started on that one. But yeah, we have Berardi there. That'd be um, very good. And then obviously Kamara, I gave my uh, stamp of approval, my football manager inspired stamp of approval on Bubakar Kamara because he turned into quite the player on football manager. But yeah, I think yeah we need to be careful not to stray from an identity that we've built. We've built recently a good identity of cheap, good youngsters who come in like you think Salamakas, like no one rated him and now he's turned out mm-hmm. to be a really important player. And then also the um, the older experienced players who can help us lead. So Ibra, Kier, Mandzukic, that's the second part of our identity so that we're not just a team of teenagers running around on a pitch not knowing what we're doing. And then, so as well as the old experienced players and the young like inexperienced players you've got that kind of middle ground your Berardis your DePauls and your Bellottis who are kind of like prime of their careers their domestic talents from within Italy so yeah as long as we don't stray away from our identity and keep a um, consistency in the transfer policy then I think we're we'll be in for a good summer and we just need to yeah make sure that we're not embarrassed in that Champions League group because I can already imagine the Bleacher Report football graphic of, uh, oh, not of like the Milan of like oh AC Milan. They're not the Champions League side they used to be. So yeah, just need some yeah need some decent players just to reinforce the squad. Yeah. All right, so uh, for me, if I'm Maldini, I'll play forty chess, get Giroud for for like a year or two year contract, and yeah. next year get Belotti for free. From the reports, like what I can, what I can see, Abelotti is not signing with Torino. You know, he's not trying to extend his contract. So if I was Maldini, also Giroud for two seasons or a season, and next season get Belotti for free, provided you know he had a good good season. But he always does. He always have like double digit, I'm on like two of fifteen goals every year, and and for mm-hmm. for right wing, I would definitely go for Elisic. I like I like Varadi, but then I think he's gonna cost like 40, 30 million at least. So I would rather get Ilicic. Looks like he's living at Atlanta. So I would rather get, get him for like two years. Like yesterday, uh, Slovenia, they had a match with some some country, I don't know the name of. Ilicic had two goals and one assist. Yesterday's, you know. So I would rather have Ilicic for two years and go all in on their play. You know, like if Hakan doesn't send, we should. Definitely send the airport. Yeah. And Behalovic, I don't know, man. He's just way too, he, he's just very new, you know, very raw. Like, like every time we saw, like, I've seen Quarantina play, he didn't really, you know, like, he's not the striker we need right now. You know, he's very, very young, very raw. I, I want someone old, experienced. And and I, I don't want to talk about Stamaka. I don't like Stamaka. It's just, every time I've seen him, he's just very man, you know, like, He's, he's like a mid-table striker, you know. Scored a goal for us this season. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, he did score <laughs> own goal, so, you know. Dude, also, it says in his Scamaka, Scammer. He's just, he just, you know, I don't, I don't want him. Yeah, I just... He's the uh, well, Piontech 2.0, is he? Oh, yeah, he is definitely. Yeah, definitely. He so reminds, I, I reminds me... Sorry, I'll just say this quick thing. It reminds me yeah. of Tanya a bit. Tanya, <laughs> uh, because he's just yeah. kind of that, like... He's got a dodgy tattoo... Um, he doesn't look like he's in particularly like amazing sort of like 
condition he like Patania was too fat this guy's too skinny <laughs> and then um yeah just a mid-table sort of striker that yeah he's not the answer this guy's a double strikeout son on FIFA you know because he has shadows and he just, he just looks cool I don't think you know he'll provide us with anything so but main my preferred would be deep all like go all in like 30 40 million for him and Illicit for free you know and Giroud if he's free that'd be my like preferred signing for mm-hmm. next year yeah, um, I think uh, Berardi has my stuff for approval ever since he got that hat trick against us a couple of years ago. Matt, you probably witnessed that one in the early years, but that was uh, it was painful to watch. And I was like, "Who is this Berardi kid? Who who is he?" Um, but uh, he wants to play Champions League. Every player wants to. I think we can maybe snag something out of Berardi um, and Tassuolo. Um, De Paul. The thing with De Paul that irritates me is that they are insistent on uh, Jens Peter Hauge. Um, I think Hauget uh, has a part to play next season for us because we're going to be rotating a lot. So I don't think we should give uh, Hauget away. Um, in case of Fearpool, I, I hope we get Fearpool because we need a backup left back if uh, Diego Dalot, uh, who I think should be redeemed, does not come. Um, but uh, we, we need a... I don't know if Hakan signs. It's a bit of a... Like Ma was saying, it's a dilemma with DePaul because we already have Hakan renewed. And we're gonna have a camp, but uh, which you know doesn't we don't have the need for Paul. Uh, Giroud, uh he scored four goals um, in on Sevilla. He destroyed them really. Uh, he scored a bicycle kick on Atletico Madrid. He he's had a really good season and made way better than uh, Mario Mandzukic. He's uh you know he's at peak physical condition. He's just off a back of a Champions League winning season. That would be the perfect guy to rotate for us and if you guys have been seeing some of the stuff that Giroud has been saying uh to the papers he's just like I don't see Zlatan's competition like I'm looking forward to playing with them and that's the type of mentality that we need over here at Milan like you can't see it as competition like Giroud is he's looking forward to playing with Zlatan and that can only help us yeah. um but uh another guy that we haven't really talked was Tommaso Tommaso Pobega uh back of his breakthrough season at Spezia. Um, he plays the Krunich role. So that's just uh, if Pioli wants, he could he could keep Pobega as a backup option, I guess. But, um, but yeah, yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, Hakan, if he doesn't renew, go for uh, Depaul or um, Ilicic. I don't think we're getting Papu because Sevilla has said that. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not going to sell, right? So that's pretty much it. I think we have a good transfer policy, and I trust Maldini. I think what's important to do is again we don't want to be Hakan's bitch or Romagnoli. Yeah. yeah. It's like we need to do what we did with Donnarumma, which is if you want to be here and you know your role, cool. We'll keep you. You can stay. You can get a decent amount of money that you want, and you'll play some games. Sometimes you might be on the bench. We'll see how things go. But we do not want you here if you do not want to be here. If you th- if you're hesitating over contract offers. Or like going, oh, maybe, yeah, just give me a week to reply. Or, oh, yeah, just give me a minute. Like, just piss off. I'm not having it now. Like, we're a Champions League side. Mm-hmm. We're the biggest team yeah. in Italy. Like, there's no, like, Juve aren't ahead of us now. The only team in Italy who are, like, undoubtedly ahead of us are um, Inter, of course. But even now, without, yeah. Conte, without Conte, they're unstable. So the thing <laughs> is, all we need now is just to get this attitude I think what we've, we've maybe had a bit of an inferiority complex before, like where like if this situation was a few years ago with Hakan, 
or with Donnarumma, we would have gone, okay, oh, you're the best player. We, you're the best player we could possibly get. Yeah. We have to, we have to renew yeah. no matter what, and you become their bitch. But what you need to do now is go, okay, if you don't want to be here, piss off, we'll get the pool. If you don't, oh, Romagnoli, if you don't want to be here, we'll get a camera. And that, that's the attitude yeah. we need to have. And I think if we're, we're str- we need to be strong, assertive and decisive in this window. And yeah, if we are, then we'll be sorted. Yeah, I think right wing would be on top of all of our lists as the biggest priority in this Mercato. Berardi would just, we're always saying Berardi, but, you know, does not understate the importance of how much we really do need a right wing over someone yeah. like Samu Castillo. I'm just praying our attack, it's like really like upgraded like next year. Like we can't, I don't think we'll go past group stages with the same team. You know, it's also we're in pod D, so, you know, yeah, pot four. Yeah, that's what I bought for. Yeah, I just. Oh no, man! See, we're gonna get group of death, but uh, yeah, yeah, that. easily. Yeah. So, guys, anything else? Are we good to go? Um. Oh, actually, uh, I want to mention one last thing. Um. Uh. Said Bessin. Um. Uh, Paris got to his family. Uh. Really sad story. Uh. What happened there? Uh. He's a Primavera prospect that that played uh same in the same team as uh, Locatelli, uh, Petania. Um. He, he gave up his footballing dream to go back to Ethiopia, or I think he was working jobs in Italy and people were just really, really racist and rude to him. So that caused him to take his life. So sad story what happened there and uh, hope he rest in peace. Yeah, I just, it's, it's, it's very sad. Like it's 2021 and still people care about people's skin color. Yeah. Like it's just racism, which is very, just, it's sad, honestly. I just feel... It's just very sad. I don't know why it happens. It happens like every time, everywhere. It's just, it's just very sad. Yeah, uh, prayers go to Saeed Basin's family. Um, but uh, other than that, anything you want to add on that? But... No, I think we're, yeah, I think we're sorted to be honest. Yeah, I think we've covered everything. So, um, yeah, obviously, thanks to Naeem and uh, Samir for um, coming on again. And um, yeah, I think one of our next podcasts is going to be like a little review of the season and like rating players. So be sure yeah. to uh, be ready for a Kessie 10 and a Sammy and Sammy, <laughs> Samu, Samu uh, zero. <laughs> Not Sammy. <laughs> no, Sammy would get a 10, of course. Um, but yeah, um, we'll be back with another podcast soon. But yeah, been a good one today, uh, reviewing the wonderful end of the season and hopefully some equally wonderful transfers, even if we are going to lose some of the... Decent players like Donnarumma and um, Hakan Romagnoli. But yeah, I'm sure whatever happens this window, I bat Maldini and I'm sure Naeem and Samir back him as well. And yeah, we'll get a good summer and next year we'll be back in Champions League. So yeah, thanks for watching. Make sure to like and subscribe on this episode of 11.5 and we'll see you next time. See you in Champions League, guys. See ya. Forza Milan. <laughs>